Hello, welcome to the From Way Downtown podcast. This is Indie Star Pacers editor Nat Newell here, of course, with our Pacers insider, Dustin Dopirak. Uh, as we were talking before, we got on the, uh, the start of the recorder here. Uh, last night's, this is, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, Monday night's loss to Portland. Uh, it's probably not as big a deal as it seems, but it mm. does seem like it sort of changed the, the story direction of where the Pacers are at. If you're a good team, you can't lose to a bad Portland team at home. Mm-hmm. Just sort of take me through your thoughts on where this team is coming off winning the East mm-hmm. pod for the in-season tournament yep. mm-hmm. to losing to Portland. It's <sighs> – I guess the, I think the biggest thing is that, that this this loss, you, you can't not spot the trend. I mean, I think that's obviously what, uh, what today's – uh, insider piece was about was you know th- them kind of coming to grips with the reality and, and and acknowledging like hey there there are now several losses they have taken at Gainbridge Fieldhouse that you that are sort of losses you cannot take if you intend to be a playoff team and certainly not one if you intend to be something beyond that if if you intend to be a team that that makes it to a second round that that is not seated seventh or eighth and, and in a play and in a play in um, you know th- there have been some really really good signs for this team and and, and obviously I think uh, you know they are you know the league pass darling of the league because they lead the league in scoring and they also give up the most points in the league so they have been f- a fun watch um, but there was sort of this kind of crash to earth feeling out of uh, last night when they they did not have a good offensive game and they could not stop Jeremy Grant I mean they're, they're playing against I mean, Jeremy Grant's a really good player so I'm not trying to like totally rip him down but I mean they're playing against a Portland team it's very much in the midst of of a total you know total roster turnover of of reflipping flipping over and considering who they're going to be now um you know after the Damian Lillard era and not only having that going on but but you know Anthony Simons who's their uh arguably their second best player has only played one game Robert Williams who was one of the gems they got out of dealing um uh, you know ultimately dealing Lillard and then Holiday um uh, getting Holiday and then dealing him uh, has been out. So, I mean, they, they have been getting by on, you know, Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton, who are, while very, very talented players, are not necessarily the pieces that you say these are going to be the centerpiece of a franchise that's going to go anywhere. And you get beat by that team. Um, and you've already gotten beat by Charlotte at home. You've already gotten beat by Chicago at home. You've gotten absolutely trounced by Orlando at home. And, you know, certainly that, that game was worse uh, than it looked. And, and Toronto, who's you know, iffy. They they are right on the border of seemingly deciding that they're going to go to the same direction that that, that you know that Portland is. Um, and if you are attend to be a team on the rise, those are games that you cannot lose. Now, on the flip side, obviously they have won games that uh, that 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 are um, the sort of ones you circle if, if you're a team that aspires to be beyond that. You know, go beat go beat Philly in Philly. You know, go beat Milwaukee. Uh, and you know, again, just you know, what they're doing in the in-season tournament ultimately matters, you know, to say, like, these are going to be games that count for a little bit more. There's going to be a trophy at the end of this. And you go out and you beat Cleveland, you beat Philadelphia, you beat Atlanta on the road, and you put away Detroit the way that you're supposed to. You know, you go 4-0 out of those. You know, you, you have a, a really good sense of feeling like, okay, this is a team that's going somewhere. And then you, but, but in between, you keep taking these games. Now you're eight straight games where you've alternated wins and losses. You know, you have to ultimately pick up some momentum someplace there is going to be a losing streak for you so there has to be a winning streak to counteract it you know somewhere in there if, if you are going to go because ultimately the, the the basic goal right now is go above 500 because that's gets you in the postseason you know that that's that's your just 
your baseline, your bottom line that you have to get um, to, to get anywhere out of this season. And, and you hope for more, but like you're, you're going to have to string some momentum together. And if you're not going to do it when you played 11 of your first 16 games at home, when's it going to happen? Yeah, that, and that, to me, that's a big thing is that the schedule was so favorable. Mm. So are you actually a 500 team at best when you factor that in? Maybe, but then you see them beating the teams they did, like you said, right. and it's crazy. Um, I, I mentioned to you before, I wonder if, I mean, Rick Carlisle has started to make some lineup changes and some threatened changes to take people out and things like mm. that. And the question is, does, my question is, does that potentially – cause problems with the chemistry or whatever else you want to say on it. I mean, he's Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle has forgotten more about basketball today than the two of us have ever known. Have yeah. ever known. Sure. So this is not really a criticism of Carlisle. It's just where the team is at as mm-hmm. much as anything. I mean, I guess what's your reaction to that? Is that, you know, what strings are there for him to pull? I think, well, well I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's tough to figure, like, um, he, you know, he 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 throws out these sort of messages, these you know trial balloons. You know, on on one hand, I mean, I like I don't know if it came through sharply enough in uh, the story from Sunday's practice, but we were not saying, Rick, do you think you should bench somebody? <laughs> Rick threw that out there. Rick was like, I can pull guys, and it, and it can get ugly, and we're like. <laughs> who, who asked? Okay, and, and so I mean, it's part of the reason. Like, I didn't even go go there, presuming I was going to write anything out of that uh, on Sunday. But it was just like he was so adamant about throwing that out there. It was like, okay, well, this is clearly a news story that he's even talking about this, that he's even going in this direction. Um, and it was clearly a thing that he wanted to say and wanted to be written. Um, and obviously, I don't take my uh, you know editorial decisions. That he, that Rick Carlisle is not my assignment editor. You are, um, <laughs> but. Um, you know, like it, it was one of those things that was almost like it, he was too much going after it that it was like, well, we absolutely had to put this down and then hold, kind of hold him to it. Just basically. Yes. So he's like, he has put this on the record and let's see where he goes from this. But if you, if you look at his, the, the decisions and the changes he has made, um, it's sort of interesting to, to make those jive, you know, because you have, you know, the, 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 the first starting lineup change he made the first time they, they had a, a starting lineup change based on either performance or matchup or, or whatever it was, was, uh, I believe it was in Atlanta when they moved Aaron Neesmith and Buddy, Buddy Heald in the starting lineup and moved Benedict Matherin and Obi Toppin back. And he said this was just purely a matchup strategic move. We think thought this made sense for who Atlanta was going to start and play and, and how they were going to go after it. Um, but I think it's... It is interesting to say, okay, like look at the moves and say, okay, based on um, if if you're trying to incentivize defense, you know that like then immediately after Aaron Neesmith gets a, a, a sprained wrist and he's back out of the lineup, and now you've got Obi Toppin in, and and so what you have uh, are the current, you know the, the you know last night's starting lineup is you know Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner. If you are trying to incentivize defense, those are not your five. Those are not your five. Bruce Brown, obviously, you know, was signed in the offseason to be a defender, and he's the one guy that is in there for defense. But, you know, Obi Toppin and, and, and Buddy Heald are there because they can score. And Buddy Heald has shot the ball really, really well since he's gotten the starting lineup. But you also just don't trust him on defense. Uh, you know, Obi Toppin has done a really good job of doing exactly what it was that he was brought in to do, which was get out and transition, finish at the rim. He's been spectacular at that honestly um but he's getting a little better being a rebounder he's still not great um he's throwing some force into defense but he's not a great defender um and so ultimately you know you you really only have one perimeter out there perimeter defender out there that you can trust and on the same token you are seeing some 
um, some improvements from Benedict Matherin. You're not at the point where you can call him a great two-way player, but his best games have been games where he played really good defense. He was really good down the stretch against Detroit, uh, really took on Jaden Ivey for a lot of that stretch, and I thought did a good job of shutting him down after he had 25 points in that game. Um, you know, he, he was very, very good in, in, the, in the waning moments against Milwaukee. You know, he even took on Giannis a couple times, and he's giving up a lot of size there and fought him for a block and a steal that were really critical uh, down the stretch in the last five minutes or so of that game so you know and and he was supposed to be the guy you know putting him into the starting lineup was supposed to be a big deal and you you've taken him out of it and but you're also you're having some days when you're not getting the defensive at, defense out of him and, and you are making you know um I, I think he has sent a message in those occasions of uh you know limiting his minutes you know there have been games where he's only played 15 20 minutes when he hasn't defended well um but then he has he he is you know his best defense has been better than Buddy Hield's best defense, so you know what are what are you ultimately saying here? But you are you've you've got Buddy in there, and you're not pulling him in part because he's shooting the ball really well. So, um, how do you really come down with any level of consistency in your message? It's it's not easy at the end of the day because as has been the case from the beginning, your offensive best offensive five and your best defensive five are not the same guys. You know, like you, you have these players that are very, very productive on offense. They're not great defensive players. And you have, you know, um, your your best defensive players aren't great defensive players. They're okay defensive players. Um, but they're so-so offensive guys. They're all right. You know, they, they have some really good games and some not-so-great games. Nemhard, Neesmith, Bruce Brown, you know, some nights they really score. Some days they really don't. Um, so you are in this weird place where, you know, you have this powerful offensive force where you're leading the league in scoring and you don't want to mess with that too much, but clearly those guys that are doing all the scoring that are getting you all the buckets are not the guys that are locking anybody down on the defensive side. So how do you get your message across without, without hamstringing yourself? You know, that has been, um, you know, the conundrum where Carlisle has been in from the beginning. And, you know, again, like you said, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell him what to do in that case. Uh, you know, he certainly he would never ask me and does not care <laughs> my opinion whatsoever. Um, but, uh, you know, e- even if you were trying to advise him, what do you do with this? There's not a great answer because, you know, again, you know, if, if you don't like Buddy, Buddy Heald's, uh, you know, defense lately, well, how do you pull the guy that, I mean, like, they, they showed a graphic of the three games he'd started. He was shooting, like, 65% from the field and 60-something percent from three. You're going to pull that guy, you know? Like, I mean, you might not have him on the on the floor down the stretch and in key periods, but are you going to stick him on the, you know, are you going to have him only play 10 minutes, you know? And it, it's, so, been, it's been interesting in that I think this has sort of played out the way I, like, for, put the record aside, like what we're mm. seeing on the court, it has pretty much played out kind of what I thought, what we talked about sure. all preseason, where you got a lot of good pieces, but you got a bunch of quarters when you need dollars in the NBA. Sure, um, but it, it's 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 worked for the most part. I mean, nine yeah. and seven more is, than it hasn't. Right, it has nine worked and, more than it hasn't. And the question then is, is it you know was it the favorable schedule and things like that? And we'll find mm. out. Um, so, but. I mean, I, I, is it just a matter of them having to say, we're just going to – I mean, on one hand, I think it's a matter of them having to say, we're just going to run up and down the court and score lots of points and we're going to give up a lot. Mm. And then the question is, these lapses where they lose these games they shouldn't, can these guys correct that or not? I think there's a little bit 
to something with the matchup. Certainly Orlando is long and defensive-oriented. Sure, yeah. And maybe that's not a good – I mean, I think I can clearly see that's not going to be a good matchup for the Pacers. Right. Uh, on the, the TV broadcast, Quinn Buckner was talking about Portland being that way. I have a little sure. little harder wrapping my mind around a 5-12 and 12 team being long and great defensively. And I mean, they're, they down, were long. They, are, they long. are long. Yeah. So, I mean, is it that? I mean, I guess just – I mean, why, is it just a matter of getting used to – that this is going to be a team that gives up lots of points because they can score lots of points, and or is it just a matter of they just have a matchup that they don't know how to deal with right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it just comes down to you You just need to be bad defensively. You have to find a way to not be atrocious. You know, you, you have to just find a way to get enough stops. It's just like hold teams under 120. You know, like, and, and so, I mean, like, it, it is acknowledging that you will not, not be a great defense. You will probably not even be an average defense. But you don't even have to be average to win with this, with this group. It is saying, like, all you have to do is defend well enough to prop up the best offense in the league. And, but the, but the, the other thing is, is that you also have to find a way, if, if you're Ricardo out, to say, I have to pr- create a defense that can prop up the best offensive in, offense in the league, but I cannot hamstring the best offense in the league to do it. And that's tricky. I'm yeah. going to lose everybody under the age of 50 when, with this comparison, but few people, I'm sure, understand. I mean, I'm sure there's uh, uh, plenty of people in our audience who remember the, or are aware of the Bad Boys Pistons right. that won titles with defense. That team, when it first got put together, was a high-flying, wide-open. Mm. Kelly Trapuca was on the team. You're not playing defense if Kelly Trapuca was on the team because he was a right. great scorer and didn't play defense. Yeah. When Isaiah Thomas first got there, Chuck Daly was still the coach, right. and they would score lots and lots of points, and over time they evolved to that point. I'm not saying the Pacers are going to become the bad boy business, sure, right. but it does – I mean, there is – there's reason to think that as you put this talent together, right. they can figure out, hey, if we don't start playing defense, right. we're not going to do what we want to do. And I guess that's mm. the next question for this team. And let's be clear, I think they're ahead of where we expected them to be. Still, yeah. Um, so are. I don't want to, you know, right. this shouldn't be a doom and gloom podcast. It's kind of where, mm. where we're taking it. But right. it shouldn't, that should, it's not, there shouldn't be doom and gloom around this team entirely. It's a little hard after last night, too. Mm. But, I mean, the next question is which of these guys are going to figure that out? And then can you turn the assets that you have mm. into other pieces right. that are better than, you know, right. you, you know, can you turn two good pieces into one? piece mm. that's better than either of the two pieces you gave up even if combined you're giving up more i mean it, right. to me that's what it comes down yeah to. no and 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 there's just just all these this balance of things that you're constantly dealing with in terms of like okay what if, if you give up this what do you also lose i mean like for instance like you know uh, you, you've already lost daniel tice for nothing you know which i think was i mean i guess we talked about this last time but it to me, that was a mistake. I mean, that's kind of a failure. It's not a huge. It's a failure. I don't. It's I don't, not a huge it, failure. Right. But, I mean, I should, yeah, it's, it's it's not a mistake once you got to this point. Right. And, um, and because I, I think it's better. Like it's. Just, I, I think it would have got to the point, and some of it is just like, it would be, it's going a little bit far to call this a moral question, but like, you know, at, at a certain point, you you have a talented player who you are wasting, and it's almost like you just feel like you're kicking the guy in the gut every day. And it's a mistake and, if you had a chance to move him and you didn't. And right. We don't know. The, we, 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 we don't. Know. We don't know what was if available. Did, yeah, we, yeah. We, we don't you, know what was available. It, it it is at the end of the day a mistake if you said I could do better than the second, second round, round pick, pick that you're offering yeah. me. Um, you know, if, if there was ever an offer on the table to get Daniel Tice for a second round pick, or if they simply just did not explore it, which I can't imagine being the case, um, 
then you know then then that is a mistake that they ultimately just had to take a, a let go but you you once you once you got to this point and you have a guy that has time and availability and and talent left and there is somebody who wants him desperately and but just the way the economics of the league work you can't make it happen like there there, there was no available trade they could make with the clippers to make that work like it it, it was not possible but it was like oh, I was saying like can you just let the guy go yeah. for god's the sake let three him three way trades for daniel you know, tice just weren't like. yeah <laughs> they, they weren't piecing together and you're not trying to give up anything else and so it it, it was the you know in terms of basketball morals, the morally right thing to do to let him just go play for somebody who wanted him. Um, and he is effective. He was playing a bunch last night for the Clippers. Um, but yeah, you, you've already take, you, you already had to let a guy like that go for nothing. And so now you look at a guy like TJ McConnell. And on one hand, he is still very valuable for you. He is still very useful. And like for, for as much as Rick, you know, Rick Hywell talked about this you know, teary-eyed conversation he had to have with him at the beginning of the year and how tough it was, they've had to play T.J. McConnell a lot. You know, there, there have been many times when like, the answer has been T.J. McConnell. And last night was another one where they had to be like, not getting enough juice. Who's going who's gonna to bring some? T.J. McConnell. T.J., get in here, run around like a crazy person for 10 minutes. And he absolutely did. Drew, drove Scoot Henderson nuts. You know, Scoot did not know that, that there, there are guys like T.J. McConnell that like – Little six foot one dudes, maybe he's six foot one if he's lucky, um, who are just going to absolutely harass you and just get up in you and deny the inbounds pass on the opposite baseline, um, like TJ does. And Scoop was like, "What is this? You know, who 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 let this guy in the league?" Um, and TJ drove him crazy. And so and and then he, you know, there was Rick, you know, talking at the end like TJ McConnell. This was what everyone else should have been and was not today. Um, and you know, there's still gonna be minutes, you know, like obviously, you know, when Andrew Nemhard has lower back problems, well, you know, who has to play backup point guard, TJ McConnell. Um, so, uh, you know, are you, you can still use that guy, but he's also an asset. Do you move that? You know, what, what, what do you, what do you want for that? Um, then, then, then there are other guys that like just the end of the year, are you going to let Buddy Hill walk or is there something you're going to try to get for him? Um, you know, you'll have his money if you let him walk and you can obviously go get something in free agency. But you, you found last time that the guy that you had to pay the money to get yourself over the, um, uh, the floor was Bruce Brown. And so it's like, all right, like, or, you know, is, is, are you going to be cool enough with that and just taking Buddy Heald's money and go getting somebody else like Bruce Brown? Or do you need something more than that? And so you're making all these big picture questions now, you know, like what you're trying to do at this point is say, all right, how do I just turn this, find a way to scrap claw, find a way to get this team in a postseason? I mean, I, I still think that has to be the goal for them. Like, I, I don't think, um, I, 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 I do think that, that making progress for this group requires them to play postseason games. I think, that, yeah, that, I think they have to I get I think throwing it away and in. getting in the lottery, I, I don't think is as valuable as this team will be. But I do think that seeing both from a, for the player's perspective and from a management perspective, how far away they are and then operating in kind to kind of get you on the track you're talking about of being with the Pistons and saying, okay, you know, let's ride this approach as far as it takes us and then find out where its limits are and then recalibrate and recalibrate in terms of, you know, players and talent and everything like that. You know, again, like part of it is you, you do have a couple guys and one in particular in, you know, waiting in the wings and figuring out how to play NBA basketball. And the, the, you look at Jairus Walker and you say, okay, there's, there is the, the, the mound of clay for this. He's just not there. And right it's now. the type of clay they, they exactly need. You right. don't know if he's an it's NBA just, you player don't know yet. If it's going to come that, but you know, you, you, you look at the length, you look at the size, you, know, you, you have seen those flashes of defensive brilliance that are great. It's just he's not 
piecing it all together yet. And he, he just shot looks pretty, doesn't go in at all. Um, misses left to right all the time. I guess he's leaning or something like that. I mean, form looks great. It just, it does not go in. He just misses stuff. He's, he, he misses stuff around the rim. He should make, um, you know, and there, there's just some mistakes there. He's just figuring it out and you have to remind yourself that he's 19. You know, um, so there is time there for him to develop. And, and, you know, like the guys that are playing more, you know, they're, 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 you know, they have depth. There are players who are ahead of him right now and he's going to play another G league game tonight. Um, so, you know, like there, there is a direction of that, of, of how they can mold and become something that is more defensive oriented and more balanced. Um, but I, you know, like that, that is going to take several decisions that are hard. Um, and that right now, I don't know which way you should go with each of them. Yeah, and it really matters what you can. It's, it's really hard to trade two good guys for one great guy in the NBA, as it right. should be. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I guess one thought that crosses my mind is you. I think you almost have to say, "We're playing McConnell, mm. and then we'll figure it out." I mean, like, right. and I understand why they didn't play him at the beginning, right? Because Nemhard, who's probably the one most affected by this, mm. I mean, like, you can't argue that you love what he brings to the table. But I, I, at some point, you're just going to make hard decisions and say, I need to play McConnell 15 to 20 minutes a night because that's what we need. Mm-hmm. And even though Nebhard is not – I mean, however, I mean, there's different ways to look at it. I, you know, but if you make a list of your players in terms right. of how good they are, Nebhard's a couple notches above maybe some other guys mm-hmm. that I would rather sit, but just because of the positions and the way sure. the team is built. I mean, I guess that's uh, my only idea I mean, uh, at the time is that yeah. you've got to bite the bullet and say – McConnell's playing, and then we got to figure stuff out. And it's weird because he's a backup mm. point guard. Yeah, and is he that really that pivotal mm. a figure? But maybe it, he is. I don't know. It's very. I mean, it, I mean, I, I do think it can be matchup based. I mean, I think um, you know they didn't have to play play McConnell against Detroit, and they got uh, you know they got a really good defensive performance from them. Yes, Nemhard absolutely. Did a great job. Both both he and Brown um, really just kind of decided after Cunningham been a problem all day that Nemhard and Brown were just, this guy's not beating us anymore. And Nemhard did, uh, did a really good job. It, it, it was more Nemhard than Brown, I think, in the fourth, honestly, in terms of who got that assignment. Now, they were also um, uh, manipulating the matchups to get switches right. You know, in in the second one, and that was why. So Matherin was on Ivy mostly. Um, you know, Brown was on some fours, so that if they were going to bring one of those fours to set a screen, you know, Brown was going to be the guy on Cunningham as opposed to Obi or somebody like that. Um, and so they, um, you know, like you were reminded that, that there are occasions when you can see that really great defensive version of Nemhard and as good as McConnell is as a defender, there are limits. Yeah, they're different, very they're, they're different, different def- you know, defensive different. players. McConnell is, is harassing you for 94 feet as you're a ball handler, but like Nemhard can get down and stop a guard who really wants to score. Um, and is, is really you know capable of coming down on a ball screen, and, and them hard can wall somebody off from time to time. I mean, again, he's not one of the best defenders in the league. You're not talking about Drew Holiday at this point, but um, you know his best defense is pretty good. You know, so and the fact that we're having this debate is yeah. really reflects the the not. The I, I don't want to say problem. It's a good problem to have. The pay, yeah. I mean, the paces are better than I expected, and yeah. um, but there's just not clear answers and that's no. why and Rick Carlisle moments, and Kevin Pritchard get yeah. paid lots of money. Yeah, exactly. And and, there, and there's moments when Nemhart hasn't been what you want. 
Right. You know, there, there's moments when offensively he hasn't seemed to have a great clue of where of of what he's doing. Like he's he's a solid player. He has a uh, you know he, he's a he's a smart guy. But like there's been times when he's he's just okay or a little bit lesser than that on defense. And you know offensively he's not making shots. And you know the, he he slows the uh, the pace drastically. You know when he's the guy he's a much more um, deliberate player when it comes to pace obviously than Halliburton is. So he's kind of just running a different show there. Um, and so there's moments. When, when he's dragging you down a little bit, but there's moments when he's absolutely the guy that's got to be on the floor. And so a lot of it's matchup-based, you know, a lot of it's just style of play-based, who's going to be more effective, who's not. There's a lot of game-to-game, you know, uh, decisions that get made, but there's also ones that you, you know, you change within the game. And and I do think, you know, Carlisle is, is oh, has figured out at this point that, all right, McConnell has a role here, and he is going to play, um and it's just deciding when to deploy him. And there are games when you go and you think he's not going to play that he does. Um, so I don't have an issue with what they're doing, but I do think they can. I do think they can play both those guys in the second unit. You know, I, I think they, they, they can they can have a five that is McConnell, Nemhard, um, you know, Neesmith, uh, Matherin, or Heald, you know, whichever one of those guys happens to be in there at the time, and, and Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson, you know. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they, they have – he's shown a willingness to mess with lineups. He's obviously shown the willingness lately to put uh, Smith and Jackson um, together. We don't know what Smith's total scenario is, but it is – I do not get the impression at this point that it is as drastic as it looked. With his ankle injury from um, yeah last yeah Monday, that right? looked a lot I think that looked a lot worse than it was it, it the the still frame I saw made it look like he wasn't going to have a leg uh, that he could stand on and it's not that bad um, that doesn't mean it won't be something that that shows up bad on an MRI I don't think they've done one yet you know, so we'll obviously find out you know more out of that within the next you know. 24 hours or so but at this point I don't think um, you're not looking at a season ending you know one for Jalen at this point I, I it doesn't seem. Um, I think so. I, going back to Nebhard, I think players like that often go through an evolution where he's a second round sure. pick. Mm-hmm. So you're not not that you're not expecting anything he, from him, but you're, you're he you're, performs you're, above you got, he expectations. Performs above the expectations, and then you're like, whoa, and yeah. you're like, oh wow, we got a player. Yeah, and then you realize, okay, he's a player, but he's you know he's maybe a half step below what we right. really were thinking. And I, I mean, he's the other one that I, I would look. I mean, I think you almost have to. He had, in some ways, has to be part of any kind of trade you make. Sure. I think we're, as you said, we're not. Yeah. I don't know how close we are to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because he has value to anybody in the league, mm-hmm. and you can, you don't quote unquote need him on the Pacers, although obviously he's a very valuable player. But this goes back to yeah. When you're making trades, yeah, you got to give up something to get something. Right. You got you can't just. Protect your own guys. You can't right. overvalue anyone who's played fantasy sports. Knows sure. you can't overvalue your own guys. You're never going to trade with anybody who does that. Right. Um, and, and again, I, the Pacers are not there. We haven't. Even, we're not no. anywhere close to trying to trade Nebhart. But I mean, it just seems like he's kind of a. Uh, I think McConnell is, might be a sort of a pivotal piece for this team, where Nebhart is something of a pivotal piece. Right. Going forward. The other thing, and it's same effect, this is probably silly to talk about. I mean, Turner is one that you ought to look at perhaps moving if Jackson and Smith are going to keep playing the way they are. Mm-hmm. I love Turner. They're, you know, he, again, another guy who, you know, if you can shoot threes on some level right. and block shots, you can play for anyone in the NBA now, sure. which means he's valuable. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. so if they're going to make some kind of shift, then it's, I think it's kind of got to be those two guys. Uh, mm-hmm. One of those two guys, at least, that have got to be in the picture. But I mean, I think at this point, I would say at this point, 
the only untouchable player is Halliburton. Absolutely. And yeah. I think look, I, I think Matherin, you had to put that wall around for a little while. Um, you know, especially after after year one, you had to look at him and say, okay, like you have to consider the possibility that he's an all star. You know, you you have to consider the the you know the the likelihood and see if it's true that this guy is going to be a clear you know top thirty forty talent in the league. And I'm not saying that you know that not to be the case at this point, but you also are seeing that it is not an easy um, combination between him and Halliburton. You know, you're, you're, it is not seamless. Halliburton is more effective with Buddy Heald, yep. you know, um, and so if Matherin require if if Matherin is going to be an All Star, he requires a scenario that is more focused on him, um, and, and so that doesn't mean he can't be a great number two guy. That doesn't mean that that you are you view that as hopeless. But I think you also don't. Ha- I, I think you're now in a, in a case that you can't. It does not make sense to look at him as untouchable. I agree, I, and I've said that uh, mostly somewhat half-jokingly since the beginning of the year, but again, mm. if you're I looking, still wanted to see it. I, I and, still needed to see evidence that this isn't a guy that, that is just going to light the league on fire. And, I, and I've said it before, you look at people who average the num- rookies who took mm. free throws at the rate he did, right. the success rate is really high. So again, you're, you're, you're crazy to not move right. cautiously, which... Of course, yeah. the pace are. Yeah, so. no, you move. I mean, they always move cautiously, but like you have. To, but I would say if 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 you were saying, I I don't. I'm, I'm not even thinking about moving this guy until I am sure he's not Kobe Bryant. You know, um, I think you can come down from that. That doesn't mean he's not going to still be a great player. That doesn't mean he's not still going to be an all star. Um, but I think you have reason to be concerned that he's not going to be as good as he can be that, that him and Halliburton don't necessarily magnify each other um, and or, or in all the ways that you can. And so if, if you view Halliburton as the central piece to everything, um, I, I think you're now at a point where you can look at Matherin and say, okay, that might be the most valuable piece I can move. That's a and, good point too. You know, yes, maybe in that case, maybe that's something that brings me something major. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think you'd put any, take anybody off. I mean, I do, I would say with Turner, um, with, with Turner, I do think he and, and Halliburton magnify each other. Uh, I think Turner is a better player with Halliburton. I think Halliburton is a better player uh, with a Turner. And so I think if you are going to give him up, you have to make sure that you're getting a big of equal value. Um, it may be more years, maybe a younger one, but I don't think you can. I mean, you really got to put a lot of faith in Jalen Smith if you're going to make a trade with Miles Turner that doesn't include a big of his of his level. Well, see, I think in today's NBA, I don't know if that's entirely true because you've also got Toppin, but this is a conversation for the offseason. So sure, absolutely. Let us, let us actually we have, try we to- have- distanced ourselves yes let's try to swing end up in the podcast here on on a positive note um they they went 4-0 in the in-season tournament um Mm. which is uh, i i mean again i have somewhat jokingly uh i have you know i've made i've sort of half joked about the in-season tournament um Mm. just because that's the way i am um we're not sure why but uh (laughs) but they are 4-0 they beat milwaukee they beat uh I mean, I'm sorry, they beat Philadelphia. They did beat Milwaukee, but they beat Philadelphia and Cleveland in the in-season tournament. Mm. Cleveland was not 100%. I don't care. They beat them. Right. Um, they still had Donovan Mitchell for that game. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, and then they're going to get a home game either Monday or Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We'll find out tonight based on how things uh, end up, or we'll find out Wednesday morning or when they However they, they shake release, it out, yeah. Release mm. the schedule. As the Pacers, I mean, again, we're talking about the Portland loss because that's what just happened and that's in the front of our mind. 
But they've shown they can beat anyone, too. Um, sure. So there's no reason they can't make Las Vegas. And while I don't know that anyone's going to remember mm-hmm. making the semifinals of the first in-season tournament, yeah. uh, at the, even at the end of the year, right. um, but that's still, that, that means something. And the Pacers, the players have clearly said this event, they care about this event, which right. is great. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess what's the – the I mean I just just talk a little bit about what you've seen from them in the in season tournament and what that means with where the, the team is at. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and and they've just shown they can really make something happen when they step it up. I mean, like I mean they did treat it as more important. Um, I, I I think just what what they're bothered about is is their the sense was okay if you win these and if you get these experiences and and, and you take these opportunities to show what you're capable of that will then just lead to you playing better the next night when it's not you know connected and, and they're like we're really getting up for this in-season tournament and making it out to be like this is a totally different season like what's wrong with us right. you know that that's what Halliburton was like last night when somebody asked him about it he's like man I really hope not like I really I it's you know is that it's BS if we really are getting up for this like we're way you know and, and not getting up for the other ones um, but but again it is it, it, it should bring you confidence it shouldn't bring you unearned confidence but it should bring you confidence that all right, you can lock in on this game, and you know treat it as something bigger, and and then and rise your level. And I think you know even Philly, I think just not only the second game being an in season tournament, but playing there one night, great crowd, you know, re- crazy atmosphere that Philadelphia just is when it comes to sports. You know, lose the first night, give up fifty to Maxi, give up thirty five, you know, whatever it was to Embiid, and then have a day, think to yourself, okay, what do we do wrong? change coverages, mess around with how you defend and pick and roll, you know, like alter your defense to say, you know, we, we can't beat do we, we can't play them the way we play people. Um, we, we have to, to take a different approach and then have that work and then win that game your second night on the road. Um, you know, then, then go out and just win a shootout against Atlanta, you know, at their place. You know, again, like you don't want to be giving up 152 points, but it's a heck of a lot better if you score 157. Um, and that's the game of the year in the NBA so far. Right. It's I one mean, of the wildest games. Better, Everybody's like, oh my God, that's nuts. And you don't get nuts. better entertainment value than no, that. No, it was, it was purely <laughs> entertainment so it, it is saying all right like you know you, you can hearken back to this if you get in the tournament if you get in the, in the playoffs at the end of the year you can say hey we did this um it doesn't work if you're throwing away all the other games you know obviously but you know it, it is something i mean like your, your your view for this is your hope for this is that you say like all right like this is what tells you that you belong you know that this is your way of, of signaling to the league and yourself that you belong as a playoff team, you belong uh, as 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 a force to be reckoned with in the league. At the moment, it's you and the Lakers are standing there at four and zero. You know, it's you and LeBron James. So, like that is a thing that you should be able to take with you. And you know, obviously, again, the concern out of Portland is you're taking with it with you too much. You are you know holding these laurels too high. Um, um, and, and it's causing you a problem, but like that's what the value is supposed to be if you're the Pacers. If you go out and you play in Vegas, you know, and, and again, this first in-season tournament and you're there, you weren't in the playoffs last year, you were a 25-win team two years ago, you know, and you're here. Like, this is how far you can come, how fast, this is how much of a force you can be, believe in yourself, you can get there. You know, like, that is that is what it should be. That is what the value of this is supposed to be. Even if everybody forgets about this tournament by April, you're going to know you were there. 
and there are going to be lessons that you can learn and take from that that you can apply you know when you get to be playing you know the 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 the, the games in the real tournament um you know so so that is that is the theory of what this can be for them it's just that they can't throw it all away in the in-between games so that they're losing all those lessons and and getting too high on it but that is what the value can be for this group. I mean, they can claim, hey, we won East Group A. We beat two playoff teams, you know, two, three three playoff teams, you know, from last season, two of which were top four seeds in the East. You know, like that. those are things that you should be able to take with you. And they will uh, – Milwaukee and Miami play tonight, I believe. If Milwaukee mm. wins, they're the number one seed in the East. The Pacers are number two. Mm. If Miami wins, the Pacers are the only 4-0 team and thus the number one seed. I don't know that – you look at the teams that are going to make it. I don't. It's not like you're saying, "Boy, I hope we play the, the no this the the eight seed instead of the six seed." Right. Uh, sure. The team. I mean, I, I think it's what going to be Milwaukee, Orlando, Boston, something like, Miami, yeah, or something I mean, like that. The, yeah. The, the, I don't know that the matchups matter. You're going to get a really good team, um, mm. but that's where they are with that. Two back to back games on the road in Miami. A terrible uh, situation to plunge you into. In exactly. The, I don't know uh, how I'm going to handle. Degrees outside. I, you know, <laughs> uh, whenever I feel. I have bad. to dig up my swim trunks, Matt. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> I, yes, I do. There are sometimes uh, <laughs> I feel bad uh, for the beat writers. Again, we get it's better than working for a living, but there is a lot of grind to what uh, Dustin does. This is not one of those. And then there's this situation <laughs> that you feel okay about asking him to do something in the middle of the Could night. very easily have my. Miami and Vegas and back-to-back weekends in December. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, again, there's 82 games. I, I never get too up or too down about this stuff. Mm. I think it's kind of important that they bounce back. You know, I don't think the, the 0-2 would be bad. 0-2, and and if, even if, if, they, if they've got three straight losses going into the quarters, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely feeling like Because like, if, if you go in the quarters and you're 9-9, nine and nine, that doesn't look great. No. I think 0-2, if they play really competitive, maybe. I, mm. But 0-2 is not great. And Miami's I, tough. And Miami's a tough it, matchup for them. And Adebayo has been a problem for them. They don't have anyone who can – yeah. What he, and, and, and he can also be a win. problem for, you know, for Halliburton on pick and roll. We've seen that before. Halliburton has scorched them, and he's also gotten roughed up by them. And they're another defensive-oriented team that the Pacers yep. have. So, but again, that's And Jimmy these, Butler's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I think these are two important games in the context of 82 in, yeah. by pro athletes in a long season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how they come out and respond to this. And I, I think I mean, it, it's good that they, they seem self-aware. I mean, Halliburton, whether individually or team-wise, I mean, you mentioned yeah. it before we came on, to – Halliburton handled last night perfectly in saying that's yeah. a bad loss. Yeah. Um, and I think I, 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 you can't not like that. You've got to like mm. teams, players, coaches. I mean, Carlisle's the same way, who mm. are accountable and not trying to cover you know, right. stuff up. And so right. you've got to be hopeful from that. You know, I mean, I think the question is definitely, you know, the, the uh, lingering question from this is like, okay, well, but how is this being translated, and who is this getting across to? And, and, and obviously, I mean, nobody's naming names and saying, you know, like, these guys aren't this. It's sort of a collective, say, of, of, of everybody's doing this wrong. But, you know, you do have to presume at some point there are at least a couple guys that you're looking at and saying, you guys are the ones that are the reason why this is not going the way that it's supposed to. Um, but it's clearly there, and it, it's just going from being able to say it out loud to directing the message to whoever it is that it has to get through to. Um, and make a difference again like uh, part of this comes back to you know offensive players versus defensive players you know like uh you know i i don't recall Halliburton making a great defensive play last night but he was he had 33 and 9 
on 11 of 17 shooting, and he had three of their eight threes. Um, so you can't look at that and say you, you didn't get enough from that guy. Um, but did he lock anybody up? Uh, you know, like, don't really think so. But, I mean, I, it wasn't his job to guard Jeremy Grant. On the flip side of that, it was Aaron Neesmith's guard to, job to guard uh, Jeremy Grant. And I don't think Jeremy Grant beat up on Aaron Neesmith because Aaron Neesmith wasn't trying. I think he just lost. You know, like, I, mean, I think Grant's bigger, longer, more size, really, really skilled, and Neesmith just kept losing that matchup no matter how much he tried. I mean, Neesmith is not a guy who takes plays off, you know, but he doesn't win them all. You know, he's only so big of a guy. And, like, I mean, I, like, I, I, I saw a guy that was just like, I'm in the midst of this, and I cannot win. I am doing, I am throwing everything I can against this man, and I cannot stop him. You know, that's what Aaron Neesmith seemed to me last night. So it's just, it, it's getting that across. I mean, it, it, again, it is good that you can say this. And, and Halliburton even pointed out, he said, you know, like, we always adjust, we always adjust and that's, he, he, he played with his, you know, word for a while. He's like, it's inspiring. That's not the word I'm saying. Encouraging is the word I'm looking for, that anytime they lose, they recover. And so, like, that's the flip side of having, having alternated wins and losses over the last eight is every time they've lost, they've then won. But every time they've won, they've then lost. So, you know, that's, who they are and what they're doing right now um, is, is flipping these things. So they, they can identify it. That's important. They can speak to it. That's important. They're not afraid of saying things out loud that are bad. Um, but it's just how, how, how are you making it stick? Um, and can you make it stick? Um, that, that I think is the, the difficult thing and is, is getting it across, but not only getting it across, there's also the issue of, you know, in some cases, is, is it a question of effort or is it ability? You know, are, are, are there some are, are there some occasions when guys are being asked to things they, they just can't do? You know, um, that's that. I think there, there are two of those issues. It's, it's, it's getting the effort better, but it is then asking yourself, are there certain matchups that are just not going to work? And we just have to live with it. That's that's, I think, uh, a big part of what they're dealing with right now. And you can come to IndyStar.com to get at least partially, partial, partial answers to those questions. As the best head, we can come up with. As, yes. they head, uh, as they head to Miami. So appreciate you listening. Um, as always, go to IndyStar.com for all your Pacers coverage. 